I'm just going to say, um, I I quit. I resign. Um, I give up. I surrender. You heard it here first, folks. Booze is here to stay. I've, my little one-off campaign. <laughs> Over 25 years, Cryer Malt has been bringing you the best local and imported malts, and they have also been for the last five, as many years as I can remember. In fact, for as many years as I've been doing this, Cryer Malt has been a proud supporter of Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me, as he does quite often, in fact, very regularly, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Thanks, Pete. And look, we are regular these days. This is episode 230. Um, of Bruce News Week, or what is now Bruce News Week. And if you add in the uh, beers, is a conversation. It's well over 300. It is, and it was funny, I was speaking to somebody this week apropos of my uh, background and how I got into beer and that sort of thing, and uh, and I think, too, I mentioned when we were on the Beer Healers podcast that um, I often half-jokingly refer to um, first-year uni as the best five years of my life because <laughs> <laughs> it took me about that long in three different uh, tertiary institutions to realise I loved learning. I didn't like studying. I wasn't a good student, <laughs> but I loved learning new stuff. And it's kind of a little bit – there's a bit of a parallel there to the first five years of, um, of Radio Bruges News where we got about 13 episodes out. Um, was was really great. But then all of a sudden, you know, I, I guess, and look, shout out to all of our, both our listeners, but also particularly to the industry, because I think it took you and I a little while to fully grasp that in speaking to brewers, we do something that's um, of value to them and of interest to them. And then it's grown outside of that to, you know, the knowledgeable and engaged uh, drinkers, I like to call yeah, prosumer, yeah. Um, who gets what we're, we're we're trying to do here at, at Good Brews Week um, in terms of you know sharing the the news rather than the news, the new noise. releases? News, not noise. I like that. There's a t-shirt. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> when we get our online shop sorted out. Uh, but yeah, so it does. It, it's. I think that was really what galvanised um, our intent to to make this something worthwhile and regular. I didn't Absolutely. think back then that, you know, geez, every single week we'd be pumping this out. But um, but there you go. People keep making news and there's plenty to get through today, it is fair to say. Yeah, there is. So let's get on with it. Yeah. Uh, let's kick off with, mm, I like this one. So this one uh, appeared under the headline, The Worst Trends in Beer Right Now, According to Brewers. Um, <laughs> and it was a... What do you call them, Matt? Is it a list or a listicle? A listicle. Um, and, and a listicle <laughs> is a, an article that is – it's just list, isn't it? And, it it's um, crap is, journalism. It is I was going to say, is it, is it Latin for lazy journalism? It is. Yes. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> let's just send out emails to 10 people, cut and paste, and pop it out. We know – and we know it's going to generate a whole lot of discussion because and, – and, and we're discussing it, so we're hypocrites, Pete. So, but it, – Well, it, it's news and we, we, you know, we follow the news. We don't make it. That and, um, and that's what this podcast is. And it was news. It was picked up. It was shared. You know, everyone's sort of shared it. Which having is, said that, of the of the twenty things, were, was there anything there that a surprised you, or b you said you thought, well, hang on, where's because I looked at it, I scanned through first, and I go, where's shower beers? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the thing. So, but if they'd asked you, that would have been uh, your your trend. And look, Pete, I, I um again because we're not here to uh, we, we're here for minds, not eyeballs, which is another one of our t shirts. Um, that 
we love to roll our eyes at, at um, lactose in IPAs and, you know, rating websites and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But go listen to, I think, the depending on when it's the next one's published, of um, Steal This Beer. Um, and they have great chats. And I think and, and Augie Carton is... Uh, it, it, it is Augie Carton, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I know John... Hole. Haven't met Augie, but uh, is rapidly becoming one of my favourite uh, beer commentators because he is—he's got that little bit of contrarian streak that I like. He thinks about things and adds his own value. Um, and they were talking about things like glitter beer and stuff like that. And he just refused to. Like, he's a very serious brewer, but he refused to weigh in with the sort of hate because he goes, "Who knows? There might be a time that I want to." That, that I see it's appropriate for whatever reason to put glitter in my beer or, you know, put lactose in a beer or, or, or do whatever because there is a time and place for everything and that's what we want beer to be. We don't want beer to be locked down in this previous um, beer is only X. Exactly. And that's the whole reason, I guess, or the, the impetus for craft beer's growing success is the fact that where once there was a thousand brands all being exactly the same mainstream pale lager, uh, there's now something for everyone. Mm-hmm. So so while that was the only beer for everyone, uh, there were plenty of people who didn't drink beer because that wasn't for them. Maybe there are some now who get attracted to whether it's a, a Gabs Festival beer, whether it's uh, a little piece that pops up in their uh, social media platform that that has glitter or, you know, it's a milkshake IPA or, you know, it's a controversy about beer, but it, but it brings people to beer. And I think it really highlights too that, like, Augie, we – I, I sometimes get a little bit annoyed when people say, oh, well, you know, you guys are from an, an older era, things are moving. Well, no, I, I think if you're genuinely interested in beer and you observe everything, you are entitled to have an opinion on that. And I, and I think, too, it's important um, to reiterate that what, what we do is comment on things. We don't necessarily dismiss them. You know, except shower beers. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, that's so, you know, firmly we, we comment on them. I do get that people enjoy shower beers. It, it, it's a little bit more of a case of when um, I, I hear, uh, you know, I, X is the latest um, fad, um, and it, beer has been revolutionised. No, it's just an, it's just the next iteration of it. And you know, tell me, come and see me in fifteen years whether or not um, it, it, it's still around. That's when we'll work out whether beer's been revolutionised. At the moment, it's a gimmick, it's a fad. It's awesome, it creates excitement, it creates intention, all of the things that we want for, for, for beer. But let's not pretend that some of these things are reinventing anything. It's just the the, the latest um, marketing trend. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think if there's a bandwagon, um, you should be on the horse, not the wagon. <laughs> exactly. You should, be, uh, you, you should be driving the thing, not sort of clapping out the back. And don't forget too, for all those people, for everyone who enjoys the, um, you know, the modern IPA, whether it be, you know, classic West Coast IPA with that Pacific Northwest hop, you know, character, or whether it's a any of the, you know, Neepers or milkshakes, hazies or whatever, um, IPA was dead in the water, absolutely dead in the water, um, having been the, I guess, the strongest brand outside of England. Um, where you could probably argue that Porter was within, um, but but it was then rediscovered in the same way that Porter was rediscovered. And after then Pilsner an drove you know, classic ales, and you know Pilsner reinvented the world. And you know to to the point that you know even beers like Duval, um, that that we now know as a, as, as a pale you know sort of lagerish looking beer was once 
modelled on a darker Scotch ale. And the advent of Pilsner meant that they had to retool and sort of catch up. And what we're seeing is a different iteration, but it's still an iteration. And, you know, it, it's exciting. So anyway, so, yeah, hate listicles, but, you know, it still also highlights some interesting trends. Here's something to talk about, and that was our first story for the day. Uh, the second one, and this is where we get the shit sandwich, I guess, you know, that was a, you know, something good, and now uh, the little bit of a fail. Uh, the Queensland Craft Brewing Strategy fails its first test, Matt. Well, I'm going to throw this one to you because you were, uh, I guess, instrumental, A, in pointing out um, that the Emperor had no clothes to the Queensland government apropos uh, the arrival of the Scottish brewery and the excitement <laughs> that that caused. Oh, sorry, the the imminent arrival of the Scottish brewery. Um, and so a craft beer strategy was developed and it, it's kind of fallen at the first hurdle. Look, and we touched on this in the podcast last week, and this is about the fire levy, um, where brewers opened their council rates notices and suddenly went from $500 to $5,000. And it turns out, so we invested a lot of effort this week in <laughs> ranging a number of Queensland governments, uh, government departments, um, upsetting people. Um, and it, it turned out that, you know, poor old Cameron Dick, it, this had nothing to do with him. Um, it, it was Foreign Emergency Services uh, realised through an audit that there was only one category for brewery in Queensland um, and that was super mega brewery, um, and they were levied ninety thousand dollars for fire services in the year, um, and they had to create a smaller category for for small breweries. But rather than consult with the department that is working with breweries and understands the size and scope scope of the brewing industry, some bureaucrat uh, just had a look at the list and sort of said, "Yep, well, there's a category for tavern. These guys are just like taverns." And so we'll put it in there and they get charged $5,000. Stamp, no boom, done. Stamp, boom, done. No advice to the rates notice. No sort of saying, well, this is a significant impost. You know, so it's a bunch of people that have never run a business in their lives. Just going, five grand, that's not a lot of money. Um, uh, you know, We don't need to tell anybody that this is coming. We don't need to stage it and step it up. We're just going to go whack. Um, and, and that's why I felt a little bit of sorry um, for the department that administers the craft beer strategy, but this is what whole-of-government strategies are meant to be. You're meant to have a department that has the knowledge, that interfaces with the industry, understands industry, that then can consult, you know, provide advice to the rest of the government so they can make appropriate policy decisions that don't damage you know, this, this very exciting, vibrant, High employment business, and uh, um, un- un- so unfortunately, Cameron Dick, who is a great supporter of the industry, um, got a, you know a little bit of um, collateral damage from something that was just completely mishandled by fire and emergency services. Yeah, um, do you reckon? Just would it be just as easy to unring that bell? Like it, it well, was obviously just rubber stamped so easily. Can they just say, you know what, we misread the room? Uh, let's get rid of it. Oh, not not misread the room. We got it wrong because I, I think if you read that article. Well, sorry, we forgot to we forgot to open the door to see if there was anyone in the room. Yeah. So so small um, industries, you know that that are you know processing production and inverted commas offensive industries. So I'd imagine that's like a tannery um, or something like that that's under a thousand square meters, um, is charged a fraction of. Um, what brewers are now being charged? Yeah, or like your your example last week, you know, that somebody whose uh, business is a, a thousand meter square warehouse that stores only flammable liquids. No, no, a, a million liters of fuel 
gets charged a third of what brewers do. Um, 40 hectare um, you know, uh, forestry sites, a third of what brewers do. And I know which are more likely to... So, so they haven't even looked... But, but even then, they've, they've framed it against what brewers are being charged. And an interesting stat that came out was um, CUB's Yaddler Brewery. Um, the, the manager of that was in the media this week saying that, you know, we can make a million cans in a 12-hour shift. So 375 mil cans, that's 375,000 litres of beer in one 12-hour shift. Um, and I think they run that place, you know, 24-7. So, you know, you, you, you're looking at almost, uh, what's that, uh, carry the one, 750,000 litres um, in a, a day. The breweries that are affected by this, that are, you know, 240, 300 square metres, um, are limited by council regulation to make 200,000 litres in a year. So they're capped <laughs> in a year. So... Yadala, so, so what? So what? Yadala makes before Smoko. Yadala in a half a shift makes what these breweries make in a year, and then they've gone. Well, you know what we'll do is we'll make it a percentage of that, and and not done any modelling to say, well, what is the turnover of these businesses? How much beer do they have to sell? What is the total production of their business? You know, let alone what the fire risk of these businesses are. So anyway, so yeah, go, go read the article. Um, if you are a Queensland uh, brewer or if you listen in Queensland, um, you know, write to your local member. Um, and I, I think uh, uh, the, the IBA, um, David Kitchen, uh, from who's an IBA member up here, is working with the industry to try and get uh, a letter-writing campaign going from brewers to their local members because that does have an impact. When your local member gets in touch with the Minister for Foreign Emergency Services, it really does make a, a, a difference. So don't, if, if you're a Queensland brewer um, listening, don't just sort of sit there you know, grumbling into your uh, uh, brewer's breakfast. Um, yeah, actually, well, don't, don't think that you don't have a, a voice or an opportunity to, to make change, because you, you do. You, and that's one of the really powerful things that the industry is starting to realise, because this, this was all over the media, because... Um, you know, Queensland has invested in a vanity wine industry, and there are some very good wine. Oh, I call it a vanity wine. It's from from the state government's perspective, they want a wine industry as well. Um, they've invested heavily in it, but it's basically one or two electorates that are affected. Brewers are Queensland wide. That means you're in you know 15, 20, 30 electorates um, total. Yeah. That's a lot From of cans people. to the Gold Coast. Yeah, and you've got a local paper um, that is reporting on local issues uh, very extensively. Um, you've got a local member who wants to be re-elected. Um, craft beer is so hot right now. Get on to your local members and get them to lobby um, for, for, for change in this because the, the bigger the brewing industry gets, the small brewing industry gets, the bigger your voice is, and it's really, really important. Exactly. If you're in Sydney, you may wish to consider doing a similar kind of thing. As our next story indicates, uh, brewers face the impact of Sydney lockout laws. Almost 500,000 fewer people under 35 are visiting Sydney after lockout laws were imposed, says the City of Sydney Council. Uh, while the late night crowd might not be regulars at the city's brew pubs, it's affecting how people consume beer, according to local brewers. Really good story from um, from Claire. Isn't she kicking goals? Just Kick, kicking goals and hitting sixes as we speak. Thank you for asking. Three, three months in, and uh, yeah, no, she's nailing it. Um, she did have uh, Ben Coyman from Endeavour sort of weigh in in the comments to say, wouldn't it have been appropriate to speak to somebody in a lockout zone? Um, and I think she deliberately didn't because it wasn't looking at the effect. I, I, I don't think any of the breweries trade after midnight anyway. Um, 
which was really the thrust of it. And Claire's going to follow up and sort of look at the effect on the, the, any breweries that are in the zone. But it was more looking at the flow, the flow-on effects of this sort of legislation, the unintended consequences. Yeah, well, it's just that, it's that, yeah, like if you and I go to Brisbane, uh, look, sorry, when I go up and visit you in Brisbane, we there's a, a mindset that, you know, where we can go, when we can go, what we can do. It's different when we go, if you come down to Melbourne, we go, oh, where should we go? You, you say, okay, we'll do these and these, you know, you, you frame your night around what you know. And similar to Sydney, and I think the the point with Sydney is that people are going, uh, let's just order in, or let's just let's get something now because everyone's everything's going to be closed. I everything's going to be closed. We're not going to go in, and that has an effect on yeah. Look, you know, get get this out of the way at, at the start. I do have real sort of you know mixed feelings about um, this idea of the nighttime culture when it centres solely around drinking, um, because you know for, for a whole lot of reasons that's not necessarily healthy cultures like gaming and all of those sorts of things. But at the same time, businesses have invested in their industries under a certain regime. When you make changes like this, there are flow-on benefits. And if there are fewer restaurants and bars, there are fewer businesses that are ordering from craft breweries, um, you know, and if fewer people are going out drinking, there are fewer people drinking and um, you know, in, in these venues. So, so that's what that article was looking at. Yep. Uh, and as I say, uh, beautifully well written and look forward to seeing the follow-up uh, specifically about the, the venues that are, are directly affected. You can get it milk and a cow. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've got it now. <laughs> uh, you can get it having a wee. You can get it making a cup of tea. Matt, Victoria <laughs> Bitter launches VBT. VBT, yes, just in time for the Ashes Test that starts and that, and that's, tonight yeah, that's, that's, as we record that's not it. An acronym. It's VB as in Victoria Bitter, uh, T as in tea leaves. Yes, and as James Atkinson uh, shared on his uh, former editor of Bruce News, James Atkinson shared on his Facebook page uh, and now, Drinks now Adventures. Drinks Adventures shared on his. Uh, I woke up thinking it was February first, um, but right. first. Well, uh, sorry, April 1st, yeah, sorry. You're trying to trick us. <laughs> or is, is April Fool's Day in the 1st of February in Queensland? In Queensland, yes. I know you do things differently up there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah. back 15 years. Anyway, Go on. Um, yeah, because it, it, it was that sort of thing. Um, and it, it, it it's interesting. I was actually, I saw this and I sat back. Um, I didn't, actually, the first thing I did was order a, a, a packet of it because I wanted to see what it was uh, what it was like. So, Pete, when you're up next week um, for Ecker and staying at uh, the the, the Bruce News Matt, loft, the, Bru- um, <laughs> the Bruce News uh, residential apartments, um, I'll be able to wake wake you each morning uh, with a cuddle and a BBT. Uh, Easy, um, Tiger. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So I ordered some to see what it was like, but then I sat back waiting for the outrage because I thought, well, look, you know, if, if you've got fair and people getting upset about alcohol-free beer, which after all, don't we want people drinking less, that surely they would see this as being a little bit like the um, candy cigarettes where it's trying to get people into the culture of a brand, um, you know, by taking it outside of alcohol. No. I haven't seen anything, you know. So, so either that well-funded uh, resource fair hasn't had a chance to uh, write a, a, a letter of outrage, or it's just gone straight through to the keeper, shall we say? I see what you did there, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was expect, yeah, I, I was expecting people to, to come in off the long run and um, and 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 perhaps have a bit more of a crack. 
Maybe they're just playing it, playing it with a straight bat, Pete. Playing with beautifully done. Um, but yeah, look, you know, I, I sort of wonder when you've got something that's completely outside of the beer category that's being branded with beer. Um, but you know, you, it, yeah, and and it's it's a tenuous link to VB because it's not it's not like we've made a tea bag that's infused with the essence of VB, as in you know some uh, you know two row barley malt. Or anything like that. It's just using super pride hops, so it's a, a hop flavored or hop enhanced. And the, the, the idea for it was, you know, like if you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning to watch um, the, the the Ashes, uh, and, and I don't even know what time it's being broadcast, but I'd imagine it's around, you know, very early start. Yeah, it starts uh, around about ten p.m., ten thirty p.m., something like that, and then goes through to the the small hours. Yeah, you you don't want to be sitting there cracking a beer, so. But, you know, VB is part of an Australian summer, so it's a way for them to, um, you know, they're, they're sponsors of the cricket team, aren't they? I guess so, they must be. They must be. So it's, it's, be. it's a way for them to, you know, here Forex um, had their those um, hats, the, the gold, the, the baggy golds for Forex um, yeah. gold, um, you know, th- th- this is a way for them to, to get the brand. It, clever marketing insight. I'm just surprised that there hasn't been a little bit more um, outrage and umbrage over trying to indoctrinate people. Um, maybe they've decided that you know kids aren't up at ten o'clock at night, so it's a, it's like who knows? It's a moot point. Yeah, could be. Um, I'd like to see. Did you remember? Do you remember Malta Milk biscuits? I do. They still they still have them because they were like you know I mean they were sweet and malty, but it was kind of that. I guess for those who have who have had. Um, malted barley in a brewery or at a tasting or that sort of thing or smelt oh, that, beautiful. you know, the mash. Yeah. So maybe you could make a, I don't know, like a Carlton Draft donkeys, you know, like Carlton Draft well, well, malt biscuits so to go with your VB tea. Um, the, the VB marketing team can thank us later, Prof, because I, th- I think you might be on it because we were sort of thinking, well, it's just tea with a bit of uh, alpha, you know, acid, you know. Well, just, yeah, hop flavour, presumably. So... Is to it to a, smell a little bit hoppy um, yeah. and, and add a little bit of bitterness, and but there's no malt in the tea. But if you have it with a malt biscuit, you can pretty much have the VB experience. Um, so you can have VB or Carlton Draft malt biscuits that you dunk you in, in in your tea, and it's just like <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, quickly, Pete, jump on uh, the intellectual property. There, there's another idea that we're trademarking before the end of a podcast. There we go. Follow it up maybe with a like a sourdough crumpet because then you get your yeast as well, and then you're effectively sourdough. drinking beer at three o'clock in the morning. Absolutely, you know, it's liquid bread. So yeah, and, and you've got your breakfast. So you know, absolutely. There we go. Actually, speaking of uh, intellectual property ideas, um, we had one last week. I haven't heard uh, any thanks from Coopers for our ideas last week. Um, I bumped into I bumped into Zoe at uh, at the local tap house um, and just said, you yeah, know, look. Just put on an extra person because you might be getting some extra work thrown your way. You know, as soon as <laughs> as soon as they listen to the episode, I said we, we we give you a good free hit. Yes, no, no, uh, we we didn't get any thanks uh, for, for for those ideas last week. Um, but I, I was hoping that Zoe would join us to talk to again to sort of follow up uh, that discussion last week and also talk about some of the uh, issues that have come up this week. Um, uh, did, did, I, I think her insights would have been very, very valuable in. Um, so hopefully we'll get her back if we lock her in this week. Um, actually, we might have. Been She's able so to busy. Re- we've got to, we've got to book her in advance now. Well, we might be able to do this uh, tete a tete next week, Prof, because you are flying into Brisbane 
uh, yes. on, on the 10 a.m. flight. So, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we've got time yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, no worries. Well, so did you want to tease the listeners with uh, – look, is it worth getting Zoe on later to talk about the issue that, that arose that we wanted to sort Rebound? of – Rebound? Yeah, look, um, we'll, we'll touch on it um, because – only because – and I guess we're moving into mailbag here um, because it was something that was posted in the uh, Radio Brews News Facebook pay, a group um, posting the – issue with Brewbound and it was something that we were going to put on the agenda last week to talk about um, but look, Prof I'll, I'll freely admit that it was a, it was actually an issue that I was a little bit scared talking about um, because it was uh, for, for, for those who don't know or who don't listen Brewbound has a podcast and uh, their editor and his co-host were discussing news pretty much like we did and they had a a, a topic that was a little bit like our listicle one, the worst trends in beer, except theirs was um, ten beer bloggers you need to follow right now. Um, it was yeah on on a, a, a website called Uprox. Uprox, um, and again, um, it, it was clickbait. It was an easy yeah. article just to get a little bit of sharing. These these beer influencers are actually worth following on Instagram. By Zach Johnston was and, the um, yeah, and and incidentally, those sorts of stories, like when you see a story about these are the ten hottest beers that you need to share right now. Um, these are you know here's the the, the best beers of um, you know Queensland or you know whatever you see. Yeah. They are calculated to a um, get people debating them because oh my favourite beer isn't there isn't there yeah, yeah. Um, or how, how could you forget you how know. could you forget this yeah but then also to get social media influencers who have been called out to share them so that site then gets a little bit of reflected um, glory um, and that's that's why they work and it's also one of the reasons why we don't really do that sort of stuff. Um, because it's noise, um, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, um, yeah. or are so, we just are we just not influenced? Are we immune to the influence of the influencers? I'll be honest with you, Pete. I'm just not business savvy enough to do that sort of stuff. Because I I just sort of think that sort of stuff is lazy and it's loose and it is so transparent and it just becomes noise because you've got everybody. Um, you've got 50 different best of lists or people you should follow or things you should follow. And it's, it's purely about getting shares and getting likes and things like that. But it just becomes noise. And again, our focus is on curating the, the, the news for our industry and prosumer. Um, we, we, you know, we have a ridiculously high number of um, website visits um, each month. Sometimes I don't understand it because we don't write those sorts of articles. But it, to me, it shows that, you know, a, our approach works. Um, and the feedback that we get from the industry is that they turn to us to know what they need to know and what they need to read. Um, and that's why we do it. And I can tell you, an article teeing off about NEPAs isn't what they need to read. They know it already. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, so complete digress. So it was an art, one of those sorts of articles. And the editor and his co-host were a little bit dismissive um, in a way that was very, very tone deaf um, because there were a number of um, influencers that were listed that were female bloggers and they, they, they called them chicks for one thing. Um, and then they also just have said, you know, it's just them showing. And there was this um, predictable outro, uh, out, outrage um, and, and, and upset. Um, some of it was very legitimate um, and look, this is the bit that scares me because I think some of it was it's it, a lot of the comments were calling out a very legitimate issue about what they said 
and a very important issue and an ind- issue that the industry needs to um, take note of. Um, and it, and my first thought was uh, when I heard it, um, I get where they're coming from. But I could, if it was something that I'd said on the podcast, Prof, and the thing that scares me is I could easily have said that. But in the context of, you know, if I saw a bunch of buffed um, bros, you know, slinging beers in front of their ripped um, six packs, that's not how I want, that's not how my personal social media strategy works. Um, and I'd be a little bit dismissive um, of those blokes doing that. So, so what did Chris Fanari do that has upset so many people? Because well, if, you, if you're calling it, if you're saying, and take out, take out any, any um, identifying, you know, gender or whatever, but just say, I look it, at that. He and basically I, said that it was beers. You didn't even the see their faces. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is, is it about you or is it about you promoting uh, the beers that you like or the beers that you've been paid to say you like or whatever it might be? But it's been taken to mean well, you know, it was an attack against. It, it, it was taken as an attack against them. Blogger. It was dismissing them. It gave me a lot of pause to, 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 for thought because it was something that I personally could have could have dismissed because it's it's not something that was taking my personal approach to beer. You know, talking about um, beer. But then again, the, the thing that came out for me was that hold on, but my approach isn't you know. We want more people thinking about beer. We want more people talking about beer. We want more people drinking about beer. And that's actually what those influencers were doing. In in whatever way, whilst it's not my personal brand, they're actually doing exactly what we want them to do. So who am I to have any view about, you know, I just have to not follow them. Um, and it, 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 if they're not talking to me. But I presume yeah, yep. that they are talking to a whole lot of people. And that's good for, for, for the beer industry. And... That's where this whole scandal, scandal in inverted commas, um, I, I, I think it's actually been very illustrative and insightful for the industry. Um, and, and I feel, you know, yes, it was tone deaf and yes, it was thoughtless. They were very, um, you know, they, they were dismissive, but they were very casual comments. And I feel a little bit sorry because those guys came out and issued a, what, what I thought was a very, very fulsome, very sincere. It wasn't, we're sorry if anybody if was it, offended. No, no, it was a genuine. We're sorry um, that yeah, we said up. the wrong thing. We were wrong. Um, which is all the things, and you know, the, the, these professionals have lost their their, their job over it. Um, Sacked or did he leave? Uh, well, I, 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 whether it was, I, I, I don't know. But I think at this stage it might still be unclear. I, and, and and I don't know. I'm the, the, the headline that I saw, Matt, was was that he uh, Brewbound editor leaves. Yep. Which doesn't necessarily, you know, if you said quits. Um, then that would indicate that he resigned. Yeah, leaves, I don't know. kind of leaves it open. Yeah, but yeah. but either way, sure. somebody sure. has. Uh, you know, the, the, it's the, a fair. Yeah, it's a fairly harsh punishment for a. And look, I take your point. You know, a throwaway line. Uh, it's not something that they you know sat down in a production meeting and said, right, let's have a real crack at this and, yeah. and let's let's script this and let's have these as examples and whatever. It was something that came up, and you know, in the same way that we'd look at things. And sometimes I'll look at it as what is, what is the product, you know? And, and yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't look at it and say, who is doing, no. you know, what what is the gender of the person who has, you know? Yeah, if you if you're promoting a beer and I can't really even see the beer, 
Well, so I haven't seen so. So I, th- that's why I don't want to comment on on because I, I I've not seen those um, uh, the the people that were referred to or anything like that. I'm, it's just sort of about about the outrage. Um, and when I heard it, I thought, oh, you know, that's a little bit tone deaf making those comments. But I I didn't think it, any more of it. It was about a week later when when I found out about the the, the broader thing. But it it, it did really look. Mm. I, I know that, and as we've said in the past. I grew up in the 80s. Um, I have a perspective that was shaped by what was acceptable back then. I'm very, you know, hopefully very sincere in progressing. And and, 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 and my thoughts aren't the same as, you know, the, the 1980s um, self or the 90s self or even the 2000s self. And, and, and you're sort of learning a little bit all of the time. And, and that's where I saw these comments, that they were thoughtless and didn't read the room. But when... When, when they seem to take on board the, the, the outrage, ultimately, is, isn't that good for all of us? Yes, uh, there, there were some feelings that were hurt, but ultimately, like, it, it just completely changed my perception about what representing the, the, the industry is and that my way of doing it isn't the only way, and I do take it from a certain perspective. Um, so whilst it was they handled it badly, I hope that there is actually a, you know, a fairly important learning for the industry about what inclusive... Um, what inclusivity in the industry is? Yeah, and 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 that's why it'll be it'll be good to catch up with Zoe and see if um if we can get when we get Zoe all the way on um again that we can sort of I guess talk about it from uh, from a different perspective, but from also from perspective the, that marketing. Ours, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, it's you know just be careful you know with um with labels. Um, one group of people who are very careful with their labels, Matt, is Rellings Labels and Stickers, <laughs> and they sponsor this podcast. I don't know if you know. Uh, you can call them on one three hundred eight five two two three five to discover a more efficient way of getting your small batch canning labels done. And and then thank you. I caught up with Brad. He was at the Beer Book Club the other day, so an, an avid listener um, of the podcast. Oh, Did you have uh, just out of interest bottles or cans and at the Beer Book Club? We, we had a mix because boat? we had some Belgians that were in bottles, and then we had some uh, local uh, locally made beers that were in uh, cans. Nice, because um, obviously you as a as a consumer and also as a presenter of those beers, you would be very conscious of um, I guess the safety aspect of um, of the product that you're using, and it's come up. Uh, once or twice in in recent memory, where uh, refermenting cans or that sort of thing has uh, has occurred, um, did you know, Matt, that there is now a way for the smaller brewer to um, keep track? That a track, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, it, look, as the industry becomes more professional, and we, you know, it, it's much less garage band and much more uh, stadium uh, presentation. You do need a crew behind you that have that. Uh, professionalism and Unleash Software provides software that lets you track uh, every ingredient, um, the cereal and batch numbers of every bottle, keg and barrel. So if you do unfortunately have any issues, you are in the position of being able to track and recall and run your brewery much more professionally. That's it. And uh, Unleashed Software's um, product safety specific technology um helps brewers keep a close eye on all those sorts of things so things like expiry dates as well matt um which helps you handle touch wood it'll never have to happen but uh if you do need to recall any product or even just you know not for a safety issue but even if you needed if you decided to do something like tusk um where it's okay we're going to send this out into the market and if there's anything still out there after three months or whatever uh we're going to recall it because it's not going to be what we want it to be um as the brewer intended is what I mean. Uh, you could uh, more easily track that. Absolutely, and uh, you know you, you can hear when we sort of talk about it that we don't. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't happen. 
the reality is that you can't just hope it doesn't happen. You need to positively prepare and Unleash Software can help you do that. That's it. And we do thank them for their support. And I'm sure that our, view, our listeners thank us for squeezing two seamless ads into uh, the end of the news stories before we get into the mailbag. But the point is, Prof, that they're not just ads because they are, you know, information services that we provide because they are relevant. And exactly. Good quality people to deal with. Exactly. Uh, don't like forget the people to, who wrote to us. That's it. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or send us in an email and you can be in the draw for the letter of the week. All of our letter writers that are selected and read out will get a receive a in the mail a Bruce News Bar Blade and the letter deemed to be the letter of the week from our very good friends at Beer Cartel will receive a six-pack of Australian beer. Now, on that, Pete, it, it, it's been a little while. It, it, in fact, it was when Joe uh, weighed into um, the the Facebook page or group um, and said, come on, guys, uh, put a review. We haven't had a review for some time. So if you're listening, if, yeah, after your jog, don't stop jogging. Because, <laughs> But after don't, your jog, don't jog after on. you're mashing in. Um, That's it. Jump on and leave us a review. Let, uh, help other people find us uh, because if you, we, we don't expect you to pay money. If you do, it's appreciated. It does help us uh, do what we do better. Um, yep. But you can help other people find us, which is a big part of uh, growing this network. And just quickly, Matt, before we do get into the mailbag, did receive some, uh, oh, I guess it's mailbag, uh, Ian McNally thanked us for giving him a shout out for his podcast, The Chosen Brew which we were listening to, uh, I think I brought up because we were talking about Pilsner and I, I, I uh, name-checked Ian's episode with Scotty Hargrave yep. from Bolter, uh, extolling the virtues of the Pilsner, which has now been... Yeah, the, the, there's the lager. Yeah. Hobby That's the, heartbreaking. Happy the lager. Look, at, yeah, at, at, look, it's one of those commercial realities, isn't it? Because when you've got a tap room and you can get that one-on-one contact with, with your drinkers the lager becomes so much more popular than the pilsner you say well you know what the tribe has spoken and and they do take a long time to because lager means store as we know um and it's a store the, yeah. they, it does take a little bit longer to do a good lager and uh yeah so having two lagers is, is a little bit of a challenge um, yeah but happy it, the lager is a, a, an absolute cracker haven't tried a, it yet of a lager to it we'll be very very nice in fact we'll be yeah, pouring yeah, we the had last a... four keg oh we we tried it at we the... had one yeah we had one when we did the uh the hottest 100 that's yeah. right um but we'll be pouring the last four kegs of bolter pilsner at the exhibition come oh, and join yeah. us if you're in queensland i have i happen to have thanks to a very good friend dave myers have um acquired the last three cases of uh pilsner cans in uh victoria and they are in my house lucky <laughs> well, not actually all in my house. So, so you're happy? I'm very happy. Anyway, listen, um, the other thing too, uh, very quickly, because uh, now I did get a, which I haven't got on the on the show notes, but uh, I got a, a call from an, an M. Hajar of Reservoir who uh, <laughs> who phoned me to uh, to say, did you, you know, we, t- we spoke about the, the circle of life, you know, the, the steel this beer, we mentioned them, they mentioned us, we found it through somebody else and, and it all went round. Um, the... I think it's the Sunday Times in Western Australia did a story about the Asahi takeover and they contacted good friend of the program, Guy Southern, who now I think until recently was involved with the Dutch trading company. I think he's moved on to something else now. I might have seen in his Facebook, but um, terrific beer bloke over there in uh, in WA. Uh, he was contacted for um, comment and directed them straight to the Bruce News podcast with Mazen Hajar, which they then not only quoted him, 
um, and pulled out all the juicy bits, uh, but also said uh, Muzzin Hajar spoke to Australian Bruce News. Ah, okay. I'll have to uh, look for that. There you go. Uh, now, Jeremy McMahon on uh, Facebook, <laughs> re-hated beer traits on his <laughs> websites. I almost did the one about relying too much on ratings just yesterday. The owner of my regular bottle O pointed to some new stock he'd gotten in and I automatically pulled out my phone to check their untapped ratings. I caught myself, put the phone away and asked him for his recommendation. Now, go. is that kind of like, you know, um, not monkey see, monkey do, but, you know, like, I guess, you know, it's walking the walk, isn't it? Yeah, look, absolutely. And it, it's, you know, in its own way, that's just like rating sites are just recommendations, but they are, you know nothing about the people who are rating and recommending. If you've got a good bottle shop and everyone should have a good local bottle shop um, that you can go and you can sort of get their trust and based on their recommendations, you'll get an understanding of, of their palate and their interests. And if you're a regular, they should start to understand your preferences and, you know, go back and say, yeah, I really like this. Or no, actually that was a little bit too much. Um, but yeah. Uh, and also don't be put off because somebody else um, has. Shit canned it or. Yeah. Because yep. you've got no idea. You know, if they don't like stouts, they're not going to give a good review to a stout. You know, that's right. Oh Yeah. This is a really approachable pilsner. I did. I, I did see somebody describe uh, a beer as uh, sessionable and smashable. Uh, looked a little bit further, and it was a a barrel aged milk stout. So I'm not quite sure how smashable and sessionable yeah, a barrel aged milk stout can be. I don't like. So be, the, yeah, the beware whole idea of smashable anyway, prof. No, nah, beware, beware of. Um, that said, uh, actually, Pete, just I'm just going to say. Um, I, I quit. I resign. Um, I give up. I surrender. You heard it here first, folks. Booze is here to stay. I've, <laughs> my little one-off campaign. <laughs> it, 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 it's only because it's mainstream. Like the virus has spread. It's gone, you know, it's, it's you know, resistant. Um, he thinks the lady doth protest too much. And sometimes the more you say, don't say booze, don't say booze, don't say booze. And then people go, booze? Well, no, but I... I, I <laughs> I think I told you. I'm not a couple suggesting weeks ago, you, you help mainstream the word booze, but oh it no, was, but I, it was I, on I a fairly been, steep trajectory. Yeah. It had a bit behind it. Before but now we it's up. actually style. So broadsheet and I, um, Maddie uh, Shea, who's the editor up here, um, you know, he he referred to something that I was quoted in, but then the the, the leader was uh, referred to booze, and I just had contact. So mate, I can't share this because it's got booze in. Like I'll just be pilloried. <laughs> and apparently it's their style, and you sort of see it in you know mainstream courier mail journalism that it's just booze these days. So I'm still going to keep my fight. Um, I still want people to call me out if I call it booze. But hey, listen, just on that too, Matt. Uh, just reminded me a shout out to uh, Emily Day who wrote a piece, and it's it, we often lament the fact that uh, beer slash alcohol slash you know beer culture all that sort of thing really only gets any mainstream. Uh, newspaper attention when you know somebody does something silly at two o'clock in the morning in you know the King Street or King's Cross or yep. or in the valley or it's always Brisbane. a photo of a beer um, when it comes to the health impacts of drinking. Yeah, yeah. Rather than the you know the you never see the four letter cask of, of cheap claret. Um, it's always you know a can of whatever it might be. Um, and so not only uh, got an article published in, it was in, I think it was in The Age in Melbourne and the, is it the Sydney Morning Herald is the Fairfax version in 
New South Wales. Um, so not only the same story, but uh, tailored to each market, um, they spoke to – she spoke to um, Stomping Ground in Melbourne and uh, Pat McInerney from Willie the Boatman uh, for their comments. Uh, following on from the CB purchase by Asahi. So credit where credit's due. It's good good to see that mainstream had had picked something, you know, had had obviously um, commissioned a, a story about it um, and and took it not just into two different papers, but tailored it to to those two different markets. And again, you know, like it, it, it's one of those things that slowly but surely. Even this week, I, I mentioned to somebody, oh yeah, like you know, CB own Great Northern. Um, they went really. It just couldn't and didn't even know. I that thought wasn't. it was the legendary brewing company. I th- well, no, that's. Uh, oh no, that's that's Iron Jack. Iron Jack, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so these things are all important. Exactly. Uh, Daniel Reed popped up on Facebook. We spoke last week about the VB, the iconic VB can that changes colour. And Daniel, apropos thermal packaging, cans from Colonial, blue and cold, great for the porter and inquest. Uh, I wait till they're white and he sent us in a little picture of yeah the back of the colonial cans which i didn't realize so it's got the the two little lines with the federation star in between them and it's white when you buy it no when you refrigerate it and then it turns blue so uh, particularly yeah this is a 6.5 percent beer um i'm sure i can't see the yellow can i think it might be the porter i don't know mate or or, the inquisitor yeah all but, i know um, is but, that i'm colorblind and so it's yeah, exactly. completely lost on me Okay, well, the one that's slightly different is the other one. Yeah, but see, um, that, that, that could just be so the, that's thermal, the, thermal the, the lighting of the two photos is different. So to somebody who's colorblind, uh, okay. can't tell. So I need a Braille version. <laughs> it comes out in lumps. <laughs> oh, we're getting back into exploding cans again then. Uh, and then uh, Dave, Dave Croft on the Facebook business page. The, the comments of the main, Facebook, uh, the main Bruise News site obviously commenting on those Sydney lockout laws. Um, yeah, so, so so that's where Joe's uh, found that one. Oh, okay, cool. So, and, uh, and uh, shout uh, out to Dave Croft, who I met in WA. He travelled over for the uh, Perth uh, Beer Week. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Uh, he's coming down to Melbourne for, there's a very special event at Carwin Cellars. Um, no, no, you know, pastry stouts, not your thing, but they're actually doing a pop-up bakery in the uh, in the bottle shop, in the, in the bar. Um and matching sort of beers with different artisan pastries, nice. which is a, just a cool little thing. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I did Absolutely. say that Dave Croft has been invited down specially for that. He's going to be in Melbourne, so he's going to be there. But he said, um, apropos the Sydney lockout laws, agreed, we need some intelligent conversation around issues and the reduction of knee-jerk reactionary politics. Sydney's become a joke on a global scale since these rules were introduced. And that's, I guess, what we were talking about before, Matt. It's, it's, it's that whole – it's not how it individually affects one particular postcode or, or a, a, you know, an activation zone or an inner-city suburb. It's, it's what – um, becomes of the broader culture as uh, imagined or as um, uh, interpreted from outsiders coming in. But, you know, Sydney, Sydney's not open after bedtime. But again, you know, like Pete, and to, to bring it back to um, regulation, this is one of those situations where there have been a whole lot of venues, uh, and, and you see it in Brisbane, you suspect to publicans, who their view of what RSA means is you know, much higher than what the legislation means because they have a ins- uh, financial incentive to sell more beer to whoever's in their bar, um, which gives you an incentive to you know, maybe go a little bit beyond. 
once people have got a skinful, and you and I have varying views about this, but alcohol does have the ability of lowering our, uh, you know, of reducing our judgment um, and our risk profile and a whole lot of things. Um, and so if you ply some, happily ply somebody full of drink and then send them on their way and there are enough people out there and you have problems, then the, the government has to do something. Now, they can either hire more people to enforce the legislation, which we know government never does, or they can just do a blanket carpet bombing um, policy where they have lockout laws to try and solve the problem, and that damages. And I'm just yeah. going to bring that back to um, you know, ABAC and why brewers need to, you know, if there are enough people pushing the boundaries, the government will come in and will have the lockout laws equivalent of, uh, you know, ABAC. Exactly. Um, Matt, just to finish up, mailbag, because um, <laughs> we, we, usually, we usually do uh, correspondence in, uh, but this week I'd like to add in a little uh, correspondence out. Matt, was it was it? Did Bruce News Office send um, a letter? And 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 is Claire and is Claire eligible for the beer cartel six pack? The for six the pack of the week. week. Well, one thing the Bruce News Office doesn't need is another six pack. Um, <laughs> but yes, Claire, uh, our senior journalist, um, she's a, a a new arrival to Australia over from Yorkshire, um, and had heard us talking on the podcast about FAIR, um, wanted to educate herself a little bit more about it as a journalist, as a responsible journalist. Um, so emailed FAIR and just sort of asked a number of questions. You know, like, well, what's your background? What are your, what, what are your outcomes? Where does your funding come from? Just a, a journalist wanting to find out a little bit more um, about a important... And to, and to use another cricket analogy, this was off her own bat. This wasn't... This was off her own bat, yes. Yes, this wasn't you saying, can you go and do this? this no, was... but of course they don't know that. But, um, you know... Uh, but very responsible questions. Nothing, um, you know, shit stirring. Pointed or loaded. Yeah. N- nothing like that. Um, and got a response back saying, um, for a variety of reasons, we shall not be responding to your questions. Just that. That's it. Just just dismissed. <laughs> Wouldn't, didn't even say Without the even listing the variety of reasons. And yes, but, you, you know, it, it, it's, it's the classic um, mentality of the paranoid that they feel like they're under siege. Um, they're quite happy to weigh in stridently and say whatever they want, but refuse to be, you know, sans sans as evidence. Yeah, well, well, they they claim that they've got evidence, but again, it it's it, it's something I've been sort of uh, wondering myself. Is that opinion I don't know if is you not saw... evidence, Matt? Opinion is not evidence, but there was um, something that was posted this week. Uh, leaked draft of the National Alcohol Strategy shows why Australians can't stop drinking. And it, it blew up everywhere. And it sounds like, um, you know, as soon as you put leaked in front of something, it sounds like it's being hidden. Well, we're not, we weren't meant to see this. They were trying to, yeah, take yeah. this from us. But, but it's, it, we've it, got it, your back. It's not quite publicly available, but it's... You know, it's not a part of the Official Secrets Act anyway. So it no. is a discussion document. These things always fall in journalists' hands. It doesn't involve leaking. If it, if it had have been leaked, somebody would be being investigated because it was, you know, like in confidence document. This is a discussion document that has ended up in a journalist to be discussed. But anyway, so of course FAIR came out. Um but it, it, it got me thinking, when, when you look at how strident, and I don't want to turn this into another fair podcast, but when you look at how strident they are, they're becoming increasingly hysterical in their coverage. And that is layered in at a time when everyone is drinking less, um, you know, consumption figures are going down, 
people under 25 who are apparently the people that FAIR are most concerned about are just not drinking. Um, you know, they're, and they're drinking less, they're drinking on fewer occasions, and they're not binge drinking. All of the cultural, and, and at the same time, we're talking more about it. You know, during yep. um, Dry yep. July, the number of brewers um, who I'd spoken to who are really aware of how much they're drinking, our awareness of the impacts of alcohol on our lives and on our, um, you know, just the, our attitude to our drinking habits has changed. So on every measure, the problem that FAIR seeks to be highlighting um, is going through cultural change. Cultural change takes forever. Um, we know that prohibition doesn't work. We need cultural change. We are seeing every evidence, not just of cultural change, but accelerating cultural change. And yet against that layer, FAIR is becoming ever more hysterical. And I was sort of thinking, you know, it, it, it's a really odd dynamic that you see them becoming louder, more strident when what they want is happening. And I suddenly realised, well, this isn't a business. This isn't a business that sells a product. Or is it? They are funded by government. Government wants to tackle problems. And FAIR just seems to be doing what the classic advertising uh you know, campaign is you create the problem and then you serve you, you sell your product. So don't worry, we've got the solution. We, we've got the solution, and you know, fair you know, fair is is part of an anti alcohol industry where they fund research, they publish research, they've got this very well resourced business. That you know, suddenly if there's no problem, what 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 do they do? Do they sort of go well? Okay, pack up the tent, guys. Job done. Tick. Of course not, um, and you know. So they, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't know, but you just sort of suddenly start looking at, you know, are they their own vested interest group? That well, gee, we can't have this uh, problem solved because otherwise we're all going to be out of jobs. And it, it's the, the the louder they get, the more that that seems to be what's happening. Yeah. Yep. There we go. There we go, Pete. I was a little bit worried <laughs> that we were going to finish early and people are going to have to finish their runs early, but that little bit of soapbox <laughs> filled it in. And don't forget, yeah, if you would like to join our Facebook group, Soapbox. Do we still and, do we still have a code word, or do you just have to say uh, where you? Well, just say Soapbox, so we so we know that you're a listener, um, or, or that you know, if if well, if there's no point if you're not a listener telling you what you should put in instead because you're not going to hear it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the government, the government uh, department that sent yesterday sent out. Please let us know if you don't receive this email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's my thought processes at work, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> and on that note, thank you very much to all of our supporters, to Beer Cartel, to Cryer Malt, to Rowling's Labels and Stickers, and to Unleashed Software who have joined us. Most importantly, as we do every week, thank you to you, the listeners, and that's the brewing community, it's the prosumers, and it's also just those uh, interested punters who like their booze and uh, like to keep up to date with what oh, we're about. An angel just lost its wings, Pete. <laughs> Uh, every time you say booze, baby <laughs> Jesus cries. Well, I know I do. <laughs> and the devil steps on a puppy. And on that note, thank you very much. Uh, this has been Good Brews Week. I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. He has been Matt Kierkegaard. You have all been individually named and far too numerous to mention here at the end of the podcast. We'll catch you all again next week. See you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Oh, live from Brisbane. It's live yeah, so next from week, Brisbane. If you, and, and listen, to all our, um, to all our Brisbane uh, listeners or anyone who's going to be up in uh, southeast Queensland for the Ecker, uh, pop in and see us at the uh, 
at the Ecker at Craft Beer Alley in the Woolworths Pavilion because it, it's kind of like I'd, I'd love to be able to do more of the uh, Bruce News has a beer, you know, Bruce News shouts the bar kind of thing with our listeners in various areas. And but we we'll just... absolutely do that. The Ecker is just far too crazy to... Uh... Yeah, but if we do, you know, perhaps if we if we get enough interest, um, flick us a... Flick us a, a, a but come and see us at Craft Beer Alley. Come and uh, yeah. have a beer. And we might organise, you know, for one one night uh, during the Ecker, we might uh, pop out to a nearby venue and uh, and just sort of have an impromptu come and have some drinks with us. Yeah, okay, okay Pete. I'm, you, you seem to forget just how exhausted we are at the end of every day as we drag our sorry asses back home. But if there That's is enough interest, we will put our own personal comfort and uh, uh, health aside and come and buy, buy <laughs> your beer. How does that sound? That sounds good. All right. So on that note, uh, we'll see you all next week. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener, And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover, because beer is a conversation.